Greetings, gentle listener, and welcome to this week's edition of the Stockton Esports Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Turner, a.k.a. Philly In-Game. As usual, I'm joined by my lovely co-host. I'm Alex Lee, and In-Game, I'm large. Also, as usual, we have two very, very special guests. Actually, the most special of guests. We have Mr. Esports himself, a.k.a. Mr. Worldwide, Isaac. How you doing, Isaac? Hey, how's it going, guys? So, what do you do for Stockton Esports? Uh, Other than everything. The, <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the program coordinators for Stockton Esports, and I'm also the president of our Stockton Esports t- TESPA community chapter. Awesome. And then uh, we got our other guest, Tim. How you doing, Tim? Doing pretty well. How about you, buddy? Doing great. So, what do you do for Stockton Esports? I am currently the AD carry for League of Legends 18 for Stockton Esports. My in-game name is Boozy. And I am a business marketing major as a sophomore. Awesome. Super good stuff. So we'll move straight into the Stockton scoreboard for this week. Stockton Tespa Overwatch team 2-0 against Western Kentucky and 2-1 against Southern New Hampshire. Uh, We're back up to 38th out of 490 teams in the Tespa leaderboard. So I'm really proud of everyone there. Uh, Stockton Overwatch ECAC 2-1 over Sacred Heart University to seal the division 6-0. So, like I said last week, we're looking we're looking towards playoffs now. We're the only undefeated team in our division, so really proud about everybody there. Um, our Fortnite ECAC team E um, is six and zero right now in ECAC, and Matt okay. and Asan actually play tonight. And if they win tonight, they secure their division in ECAC. So that's a big game. Wish we could wish we could plug the stream, but of course, this isn't going to go live till tomorrow. Um, and then Stockton University C team beat Providence College due to a no show. So anything happen in Rocket League this week that you want to mention, Alex? Any preseason games, ECAC matches? Um, not much, honestly. Um, just uh, we had a e- uh, we had an ECAC match um, for our Rocket League B team. Um, I believe they won, but it's been a while. Uh, other than that, it's just been a couple of preseason matches, and uh, Rocket League A team is still undefeated in CSL. You guys are really just prepping for CRL or C- CRL, right? Yeah, CRL. yeah, CRL and the um, playoffs for CSL. Good stuff. Uh, how about you, Tim? Any any scores for League of Legends this week that you want to make, be made known? Um, nothing too. Um, not really. I would say that we're still kind of you know working things out and stuff like that. Our season did start technically for CSL, but it's called preseason. And we're about to play our last match on Saturday. And then all the teams will take a break and then come back around mid-January. But other than that, League of Legends uh, preseason 10 definitely changed the game. So we're trying to relearn some new stuff. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like you guys... Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're actually going to move into the patch notes here in a little bit. But I was thinking, uh, it sounds like you guys kind of got like a brick thrown at you with everything that happened with ECAC and trying to get the teams together. So it sounds like it's been a bit of a nightmare for you guys, but you guys are handling it really well, it looks like. Uh, so moving on to the eyes on Stockton segment, uh, there's really not not too much going on this week unless Isaac, there's anything you specifically want to mention. I don't think we have any big events or anything like that going on this week at Stockton. Uh, so tomorrow on 11-22-19, we're going to be having uh, League of Legends in-house tournament uh, featuring five teams from Stockton University that will be playing on twitch.tv slash Stockton Esports starting at 6 p.m. Uh, additionally, we are probably going to be planning a end-of-semester event so look out for that yeah and those uh those league of legends in houses those are super fun i played in them last time they got really rowdy really hype um unfortunately i can't do it this time um but then stockton overwatch tespa is going to play rpi and pikeville this sunday at 8 p.m per usual twitch.tv slash bj kips to watch that stream uh potentially we're 38th right now if we win both of those matches we could potentially make our way into the top 16 
And if we do that, then we skip prelims for the upcoming spring season, which would be absolutely huge and an insane accomplishment for our program to be one of the 16 best teams in TESPA out of 500 teams. Yeah, good luck. Um, I, I heard a lot of really good things about RPI. And <laughs> sorry to go off on a little tangent here, but I just had one of the Stockton or the Rocket League guys from RPI come down and visit and he uh, broke my chandelier while we were playing VR. <laughs> so please, please destroy them. <laughs> that's, that's really yeah. funny, but I, I yeah. do hear RPI has quite a good program. I know their Overwatch team's good. Do they have a good Rocket League team? I yeah. They a good league team, right? They were in yeah. the top four nationally in uh, season... Or in the spring of last year. Okay, so they're quite good all around. RPIA also won um, Overwatch ECAC finals last year. What what I'm trying to... Yeah, I remember that. What I'm trying to figure out is in the TESPA leaderboards right now, RPI has two teams. They have RPI Red and they have RPI B. Their B team is above RPI Red, which I assume is their A team. So I don't know exactly how they're constructing their teams. I don't know if it's how we did it last year, where if people were just friends with each other, they were on that team, or if they actually had a tryout or something like that. Because that to me was a little weird. Yeah, and it's I, definitely a tryout process for their main roster. Okay. But then it's confusing to me then that their B team would s- surpass them in the test for leaderboards. Uh, the team I'm familiar with is RPIA. They were actually in our group for Overwatch last semester, and they were really good. They had a 4400p player named Daddy Dare. Oh yeah, no, the, yeah, the team we're, the B team we're playing this week has two 4.2k players. But yeah, I just find it weird that if they do have trials, that their teams first of all would be so close to each other, and what should be their quote unquote B team is above the A team. That's moving on from that. Uh, first topic of the week: Valve. Uh, we talked. We've talked about Valve a little bit on this podcast before. And it was kind of a pretty big week for them. They announced Half-Life Alex. Have any of you played in a Half-Life game before? Absolutely not. We, Same uh, here. I haven't played any. I've played a bit of Half-Life 2, but I've witnessed the hype. Dang, Alex, I was hoping on you because I knew me and, me and Isaac hadn't played any. I was like, this guy's definitely played half <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so apparently the game is supposed to take place between Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2. According to Valve, it is quote-unquote a full-length entry in the Half-Life series. And the biggest thing is that it's only on VR. And obviously this makes sense from Valve because Valve has their own VR headset that they're trying to push. Um, I, I don't really have too much of an interest in this game, but I, I see where all the hype is coming from. And I also see where all the disappointment is coming from that it's not Half-Life 3. Uh, you guys got any, got any opinions on this? Uh, I think that Half-Life is very influential in the gaming industry. I mean, if we look at every single E3 and large gaming event where they announce titles, it's always, is Half-Life 3 coming? Half-Life 3, like, Valve needs to give us what we want and it's finally coming. It's not necessarily Half-Life 3. uh, That sentiment's been given online. But the fact that they're releasing Half-Life Alex and it's going to be a VR game is really huge because Valve loves putting out innovative products and releasing probably the most hyped product that they've released in the decade on a VR title where they can like sell their VR products is huge for the industry. It totally makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, we were talking about it before the show. Half-Life 3 is like, it's like this legend. It's like, the, the, like an urban legend in the video game industry. Um, how about you guys? You guys got anything to say on that? Not really. I'm not really interested in Half-Life. 
Yeah, me, like yeah, that. me neither. Obviously. I'm not very interested in Half Life. I am in VR. Um, besides when I'm breaking chandeliers in my house, but I mean, I don't know. I guess I'll give it a shot since I have one, and then I'll report back yeah, <laughs> once I'm, it comes out. I'm personally not invested in the game at all, but kind of like what what Isaac said, I'm super stoked that Valve is just doing something like for so many years it feels like valve has just done nothing like steam has looked the same no, not doing anything with any of their ips so they're actually doing something and that moves in to our next topic oh by the way that game is supposed to come out in march uh csgo had a new operation release operation shattered four new knives four new skin collections an ssg nerf which i'm really happy about and it looks to be like a battle pass type deal where you pay i heard 24 dollars and you unlock all the maps for the operations. And it's like a battle pass where like you work your way up to different tiers and you get different unlocks for the different tiers. And now uh, instead of when you're, uh, you would just have like generic characters in Counter-Strike when you were CTRT, now you actually have 22 unlockable characters into the game, in the game through the battle pass. So this is huge. Uh, Counter-Strike has never seen, I think an influx of content like this ever before like i think that game's been pretty stagnant other than the operations which don't really add too much at all uh how do you guys feel about this you guys you guys big csgo players uh i have about 600 hours in cs and i think that csgo adding an operation is huge so to put things in perspective um one of the websites me and jr look at a lot is esportsobserver.com and they have a tier list of the largest esports based on uh statistics from like the last quarter csgo is always an a tier esport but the game receives virtually no content updates or support from the developers even though it's one of the largest games in the world uh and the fact that they added such a money-making product and are putting new content on the game is huge so if we look at the way people are entering the esports market to sell products um they're going with the modern battle pass style and i think it's going to make them a lot of money and generate a lot of um media presence for counter-strike because the game's esports was huge uh their player base was dying somewhat but this is going to bring the huge influx in their player base again now that's not even that's not even like sugarcoated. Their player base was dying. Like yeah, it's actually, I agree with that. It's actually crazy. Like I love watch. Like CS:GO is probably my favorite esport to watch. And the amount of CS:GO I play to the like I watch more CS:GO than I play. I definitely can't say that for any other game. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys got anything else to say on this? So wait, does it battle pass? Is it like what's the word? Is it like? You need to buy the battle pass if you want to play like competitive CS:GO. Oh, okay. So no, no. Like, uh, they they they've kind of fit that free to play model that Isaac was mentioning, where CS:GO is free to play now, but it's like you buy this battle pass or whatever for twenty four bucks, and apparently, if you still own the game free, you can still play the the operation. Like, it's like Pv uh, PVE stuff. You can still do that PVE stuff. You just won't unlock any of the rewards as if you had the battle pass, which is cool. So it still gives you stuff to do. You can still play the content. You just don't get the cosmetics, which is totally understandable. Similar to Fortnite. Yeah, very similar to Fortnite. That's pretty cool, then. Yeah. It seems like a lot of games are taking these like free to play initiatives now because um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but um, now on December 4th, um, Epic and their like... um, 
their like store, their renovation of Rocket League is, is going to uh, go into effect. Um, so they're taking away all of the crates in Rocket League and they're going to make um, it's like a, a store just how Fortnite has. So there's like a, a couple like legendary items that will replenish every like 48 hours. And then they have a couple common ones that replenish any, every 24 hours. The game's going free to play eventually. Um, and I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's like a, a step in the right direction or a step in the wrong direction. And I guess it's just like game specific. But I definitely would agree that in in CS:GO's um, instance, it's definitely like a step in the right direction. So I think I can elaborate a little bit more on this. Uh, if you look at the trend of games that are marketed as esports these days, you have free to play models, excluding Overwatch, with some kind of battle pass or microtransactions. Um, like a case or like a loot box or something and that's how people make money because you need cross-platform to hit as many people as possible or you need a free-to-play model that way you get the microtransactions or if you're fortnite you have both so in the case of rocket league they're bringing the game to free-to-play which is gonna broaden their audience i'd assume more than double or triple that they currently have uh and the revenue is going to spike like crazy. So like, let's think about Rocket League right now. The items are tradable on Steam, similar to how Counter-Strike is. Now, Fortnite is going to, or Epic Games is going to be in control of their entire market system for how you buy Rocket League items. The game's going to be free to play, so people are going to be incentivized to purchase cosmetics because, you know, that's what everyone wants. They don't care. They just want to look good, so they'll pay the money. Mm-hmm. Epic Games is incredible at marketing. I actually had this conversation earlier. They are the biggest revenue generating esports company right now that isn't Tencent. Uh, praise the Lord, Tencent. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, yes. I think they're in the right direction. See, like the one thing is like, so in CSGO, you know how they have the marketplace and they'll have weapons like the D-Lore and, and, you know, Karambit knives that are crazy, like $500, $600 and, and sometimes more. So there's items like that in Rocket League where if you had the game during alpha and you downloaded the game, then you received an alpha boost, an alpha hat, alpha wheels, and an alpha like antenna. All of those items are selling for a minimum of $500 plus now. The alpha boost is going for like $2,000 because you can only get them from being an alpha and there's only a capped amount of people that were in alpha. So as the game grows, there's more demand for it. And like people will literally have to go on Twitter and be like, hey, like I'm looking for an alpha boost. Like who will give me one or like sell me one? So I'm curious to see how this store marketplace that Epic is, is going to impose is going to affect those prices because if you can buy those items for $20, $30, like... I, you know, I'm assuming alpha items won't be available to buy, but other items that are worth like up to a hundred dollars in rocket league will probably drop like a lot. So is the steam marketplace for rocket league going to disappear after the game launches free to play on the uh, Epic launcher? Well, there is no steam marketplace. It's completely uh community run pretty much. So they have like third party sites that they'll like trade through and everything's worth like keys, which you can buy in game for money. And then, so you can cash out through PayPal. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and is that going to be taken away once they go free to play model through Epic Launcher? Yeah. So you can still trade, but it won't really matter because, like, I don't think there's going to be a use for the the third party sites when you can literally just buy it on the market or just trade for a much lower price now. Okay. So in other words, like, very exclusive items will still be tradable, but it's going to ruin the whole marketplace ecosystem yeah it's gonna it's gonna ruin the the trading marketplace for sure which is probably something that epic games likes 
yes <laughs> yeah it's something i'm personally a huge fan of i love like these like i love the economy of like cosmetics and different games like i love working the csgo economy like it's so cool like, it's such a cool thing like all cosmetics and games are cool like everyone wants to like have that cool skin but it's even cooler honestly like in my opinion when it's worth real life money when like you can actually like it's like a quote-unquote investment right like i got a when the when the csgo market crashed like geez almost like two years ago now i think uh i was able to get a nice knife for like 65 bucks and that's knife has doubled in price since then so it's cool so it's like i could sell it back get my money back and then some and use it on on other stuff and it's just it's cool it's cool i like when things aren't left down to random chance and you can go out and get what you want um but also too how you got how you uh we're talking about the the rocket league market i know the csgo market is um there, there's some stuff going on there right now because Valve, is, they, it used to be you only get one case drop per week in CSGO. So if you guys don't know how cases work in CSGO, you need a case and then you need a key to unlock the case. And that's why Isaac was talking about how keys are like currency. But they doubled it, so now you're going to get two case drops per week. And they included it so that there's like some older, more rare stuff in there. Um, so essentially what that's doing is it's bringing the price of cases way down. So a lot of people, a lot of big time CSGO investors were just buying up all these cases, which are like 20, 30 cents a piece, but they're buying thousands and thousands and thousands of them, right? Now, it, it kind of crashed a little bit, right? Because Valve's dropping twice as many of them um, and it's pushing people towards keys. And basically, I don't know the, the, the real inner workings of it, but all I know is that Valve makes more money when people trade keys than when they trade crates. So... That's essentially what's going on there. People are a little a little upset about that. And I think it's gonna it's definitely gonna affect the market. I don't know exactly what it's gonna do. I'm not super in touch with the scene right now. But if I had to guess, I think a lot of skin prices are going to go down simply because there's more crates being dropped, which means more crates being opened. But that should be good overall, right? For the community. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, more players buying their skins and such. It's good for the community, but it's not good for the investors that yeah. spend money in it. Um, but yeah, that aside. I, uh, and then my last note here, we talked about Valve a few weeks ago, how they were kind of just like a dead dog, and they're actually doing stuff now. So do you guys see this? Do you guys see this being a continuing trend from Valve? Do you see them continuing to do stuff moving forward, or do you think this is just like a one-time thing and they're going to go back into hibernation? Uh, so let's put something into perspective right now. Valve is not only a game developer, but they own Steam, the largest marketplace for PC games. Oh, totally. Globally. Oh, I think. Uh, well, outside of like Asian countries where they're uh, stuck using proprietary software. But think about how much money they make just from game sales and from people trading items on their marketplace. Valve makes a percentage of every single sale on their marketplace and there are hundreds of thousands of sales every day. I don't think they would have to create their own unique IP ever again and would be swimming in money. So another important thing is that the developers that work at Valve get to work on the project that they're interested in. So TF2, a game that used to have a lot of developers, now only has a few because they've moved over. That's why Dota 2 is the passion project for people that work at Valve. They're interested in the game and they're allowed to work on the, the game that they're interested in. So Dota 2 is leagues above where League of Legends is now in terms of functionality because Valve employees do that. Um, I think that Half-Life Alex is another passion project that people have been working on. So 
if people in their organization are interested in it, more content probably will come out. It also depends on their business initiatives. Um, You're truly I, like, I think everybody in this room knows that like Gabe Newell could retire now and just sit on money for the rest of his life. Oh yeah, but like, like, sorry, he's definitely like the what's his name. <sighs> Super, uh, what's that Microsoft dude's name? Had a brain fart for a little bit, but yeah, he's kind of like him, right? Yeah. And also, um, kind of going off of a different route. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but did Steam like partner with EA? Because it's so, uh, I saw something like that online and such. If so, if they did partner with each other, that would be pretty huge for both companies, in my opinion. Since you know they'll be able to put back on like certain game titles like Star Wars, so that'll definitely boost their sales back up as well. They were lost in sales. That does petrify me a little bit. Like a games business over here, and then let's let's be honest, EA is like a business business, right? Yeah, yeah. that scares me a little. Like it, it reminds me of Activision and Blizzard a little bit, where like Blizzard was really really good like six years ago. A lot of people, I don't think there were. There were very, very few, if any, detractors from Blizzard about six years ago. I feel like everybody was like, maybe there were some wow people that were upset, but I think for the most part, everybody sang Blizzard's praise. That's totally changed. Um, but back to this, but back to this Valve thing a little bit. I think you're totally right. Like Gabe Noel and all these people at Valve could just retire now and they'd be totally fine. But the future of the company is very, I think, is very sketchy. You look at Epic Games, Origin has their own launcher now. We just looked at, what was that thing, Bunch, or what was it? Yeah, that, Bunch, a mobile uh, game launcher now. Yeah, so there, there are the, all these launchers coming up out of nowhere. And let's be honest, they all look better than Steam. And Epic is paying big money to make sure that all these big new releases go to Epic Games and they don't go on Steam. So I see over time, if Valve had continued if they continue to not act and this is just like a one-off thing that over time their company will deteriorate deteriorate and they most certainly will not be the the powerhouse they are today if they don't start making moves now is the way i see it um, we can move on to our next topic here we got the league of legends 9.23 patch notes uh tim kind of hoping you can carry this one <laughs> i don't think I mean, I know Isaac, you play League a little bit. Alex, I don't think you play League, do you? No, yeah, I've, I've dabbled. Oh, okay. Okay, so I, I got high dabbled. gold. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, lethality yeah. scion, you know. So I read the plat, the patch notes, and they all went over my head because I don't play the game. So Tim, I'm hoping you could elaborate mm-hmm. and maybe just go over like the biggest changes. You know, yeah, just the biggest changes. I'll let you do your thing. There's too many big changes. I should say it's like a whole new overhaul for the whole game. It's not the same game in my opinion. So patch 9.23 is a preseason patch for season 10. And so there's a lot of things to talk about. Um, the I biggest one, one is Dragon, right? Yeah, this one, I think the biggest change is how the map is and how Dragons function. So they changed up how the Dragon system works. Um, they added in like a Dragon Soul system. So for example, right? Say you're playing, right? And there's four dragon types. There's water, fire, earth, and air. And say you get fire and water. Um, the third dragon, every third dragon now um, changes the map and it cannot be the first two dragons that spawn uh, within the game. So for example, right? You can't get ocean fire as a third dragon. You can only get air and earth. And depending which one you get, it changes the map uh, drastically. More so than other dragons, in my opinion. 
but yeah, that's probably the biggest change. So when you say change the map, you mean like physically, yeah, like the map change the map. Like so like talk. with fire, like doesn't some of the brush on the map, like it goes away and like some of like the, the paths will like open up throughout the map? Yeah, they want, for example, right? They want fire map to be like fight club. You know what I mean? They want people to fight 24 seven or like ocean map where assassins can drive because there's so many bushes now or uh, earth map to have wombo combos like you know champions like kiana rumble to shine the most and there's air map where you know it benefits more towards like immobile you know champions like jinx or, or whatnot so so what happens um for like air for instance or like earth because i don't know what they do like what uh, would happen to the map do you know yet yeah or? yeah yeah so the patch is live and i played a few games on it um air it gives so within the jungle it gives a percentage of movement speed to anyone who walks within the jungle and the air passage is i believe in front of blue and red buff on both sides of the map and for earth map it creates uh, another like boulder type of rock area by like red buff for example if you're on red side that's sitting between like krugs and red or uh, vice versa so yeah interesting so what do you think so what do you what do you so if you had to nail down one one change that was the biggest you would say the dragons are the biggest change overall yeah but i would say the i think for my role specifically it's definitely the minion xp changes and the items that ad carries by okay what exactly did they do to minion xp um so what they did was is that they basically lowered the minions XP for dual lane, so bottom lane is usually the dual lane, and they up the XP uh, you, uh, gain for solo lane, so like top and mid, and they also nerf jungle XP overall. So okay, and didn't they also like so where the lanes will meet in the corner? They added like another section there, like another like bush area oh, on the yeah. corners. Yeah, for top and bot, there's two new spots now called alcoves, I believe. They're like a, basically new additions to the map where they said that they want like outplay potential or like uh, more ways to dodge uh jungle gank but i haven't seen too much usage of it yet besides like you know trolls using them to afk but <laughs> pretty much that yeah so how do you think i don't i don't know anything about the the current meta right now but with, with that being said what do you think this is going to do to the meta what do you think it, what do you think is going to change do you think it's like I don't know anything about the game, so do you think this could potentially change like two people going bot? Do you think two people might go mid now or something like that? Do you think there would be like a drastic change like that? Or I think the fundamentals of where each role goes stays the same, but um, the champions within each role definitely changes depending on which player plays them. So for example, right, uh, Season 7, they destroyed tanks, gone, because they added in Conquer, I think around Season 9 as well. So they haven't been relevant for two years. But I personally feel like tanks are definitely a playstyle that someone can pick up again and not feel too bad about picking them <laughs> and griefing their teammates. Um, also, I feel like assassins are definitely overpowered overpowered with uh, the lethality items, especially this one item called Sanguine Blade. Sanguine Blade is a very powerful item. It gives me a re reminiscence of this item called Deathfire Grass back in Season 4. <laughs> If you guys know what the item is, yeah, uh, very familiar. Pretty OP item at the moment. Hopefully, it's tone it down. But yeah, definitely 
the champions within the meta that was played during Worlds patch, I believe was like 9.18, I believe, gone. I, I, I personally believe they're all gone, and we're going to see some new faces for the uh, 9.23. That's super cool. I always feel like that's generally a positive thing for games like that. I know in Overwatch, I always like to see a new meta, and it usually gets boring after about a month or so. But <laughs> I saw oh, yeah. for uh, Overwatch, the top 500 came out today for the new season. Yes, it did. Mm. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of streams. Are you on top 500 Philly? Not on PC now. <laughs> almost, almost. So for Tim, do you think that changing the maps to an elemental style similar to teamfight tactics is the right direction for League of Legends? I think overall, yes, because it promotes it promotes uh, diversity and promotes, uh, you know, doesn't promote uh, or does promote like they don't want uh, stagnating you know, gameplay, you know what I mean? Because, uh, for example, right, a champion named Kaisa was basically the powerhouse of the AD carry row, top two, in my opinion, for the past two years, ever since she was released. And since with the new map change and item changes, more so for the item changes, she's kind of fell below, um, I would say, a tier, in my opinion. So that kind of aligns with, in my opinion, with the new preseason patch and how, you know, people have to relearn stuff or, you know, maybe there's new techniques that people don't know about yet, but they're going to discover it within a few months. So I think overall it is a positive change, but at the moment, it's not fun getting uh, one shot by an assassin again. But, you know, that's just something we have to deal with, right? So. Yeah. No, it totally sounds like a, a massive change. Like it sounds like it's really, really going to change the game, and I hope it I hope it spices it up a little bit. I hope it ends up not being too broken because who knows when there's a giant patch like that, you never know. Things could emerge in the next week or two that people don't realize are broken now, but once they figure it out. Um, so before we move on, do you have anything you want to mention about the patch or anything like that? I would say that people who are listening to this podcast definitely try it out. You know, it's too early to form opinions, in my opinion, so... You know, it's great to read stuff or watch stuff about the patch, but definitely play on your own time and form your own opinions. Don't be pretty biased, in my opinion, because <laughs> it's super easy to be biased in terms of like league and stuff like that, because there's so many streamers and influencers, you know, saying one thing and they're like, oh, you know, that's the correct thing to say or do. But. No, I totally understand what you're saying, because the day a, pa a patch launches for Overwatch, every everyone and their mother is uploading a video about what the new meta is, and honestly, no one generally knows until at least like two or three weeks after when everyone has a chance to play everything. Um, moving on to our next topic, though, Google Stadia. Do you guys hear about this thing? I did, but I don't know anything about it, so would you like to inform me? Of course, Alex. <laughs> so it's a game streaming service. It's nothing new. We've seen things like this in the past. Uh, the idea is, is that you use your Google account and you play games from a cloud. So theoretically you'd be able to play like Red Dead Redemption 2 on like your crappy laptop and a Chrome tab, right? Like that's the thought of it is that you're streaming it from the cloud so you don't actually need the, the horsepower to run it. Kind of like PS4 remote, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I forget exactly what that thing was called, but the PS, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. PlayStation had something exactly like this. Um, but apparently the launch is an absolute disaster. They advertised the, that the games were in 4K. Apparently they are not in 4K at all. Uh, the input lag is more than double if you were just playing on a normal TV. Um, and the email verification required to activate uh, like your device never got sent out to like half the people. So 
absolute disaster of a launch. I have no interest in this thing whatsoever. Do any of you guys? No. Not really. Yeah, no. I just <laughs> I'm feel like... pretty much fine sitting at home playing, you know, God of War instead of playing <laughs> it on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, like, so sorry. I think that Google Stadia is a really good idea. And the fact that you can purchase something like a Fire Stick that plays new games at 1080p or what they would say is 4k is really crazy uh also as an it nerd i know that a lot of new products come out and they're not what they claim to be because marketing a product that powerful is a tough job and they needed to deliver but a company like google that has so much money will be able to come back to their word. It might not be exactly what they promised. The input lag thing might not get fixed completely, but think about it this way. There's never been a product where you didn't need a console to play on your huge TV. You can buy something like a, uh, a fire stick and you're playing 4k video games at like 60 fps that would require like a two thousand dollar computer so just for the viewers out there that don't know what a fire stick is and i'm actually just talking about me i have no idea what that is could you just explain that real quick an amazon fire <laughs> stick is like a 25 30 dollar product that lets you like stream netflix twitch youtube uh and it comes with an awesome remote you can basically use like any streaming service through it it kind of replaces your uh cable box it's kind of just like a like a launcher really it's like if you have a smart tv like you probably don't have a use for it at all mm. like, but it is much better than what a smart tv gives you sure um yeah and apparently amazon is announcing they're they're coming out with something similar next year they haven't given a name or anything like that but supposedly amazon is supposed to be announcing their game streaming service next year so we'll see about that yeah i thought it would i thought we should mention this just because like you said, like it's a, it's a big deal to be able to play games like this, right, without needing the hardware. But it seems like it was a disaster launch, and Google has no excuses really because they have the most internet inf- internet structure infrastructure in the world. There's really no one with more than them. So the fact that they failed this this hard is kind of all on them. Um, our last topic for, or a second to last topic for this week, excuse me, uh, we have Pokemon Sword and Shield. So obviously the national desk com- controversy was a thing. The graphics don't look good. Uh, supposedly there's no meaningful post game but with all that being said i'm still gonna get the game <laughs> uh how about you guys are you guys interested in this do you guys own switches uh, i do own a switch. I do own sword. okay all right whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> one at a time guys let's go alex first and we'll work in a circle go. i do have a switch um i've always been uh, i've been a lifelong uh pokemon fan but i just besides like all the memes that people have been posting about pokemon like chasing you through valleys like i just haven't really seen any interesting content like from the game so uh, i might be a little controversial in saying i'm probably not going to get it just because like i've already seen a lot of game gameplay and kind of kind of already know what it is and like i'm just not interested in finding out for myself anymore um yeah i want to switch as well Uh, same thing with alex huge pokemon fan since the start basically in my opinion um, I'm personally not going to get the game, but one thing that I was uh, brought upon, you know, attention, my one friend who told me about the whole controversy and stuff like that is that, you know, Game Freak, the developers and stuff like that, you know, people shouldn't be giving them too much of a hard time because of, you know, for example, like the cut of the national decks and stuff like that. That's probably not what they wanted to do. 
in my opinion. I, I, that's what I feel like. And it's probably more towards the higher ups, like Game, you know, or yeah, Game Freak, right? Yeah. You know. No, Nintendo. No, Nintendo. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Nintendo, Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo saying that you guys have to cut this out. You know, we want more, you know, new Pokemon models and stuff like that. And, you know, more, you know, exciting gameplay. So, you know, I personally feel like Game Freak has been getting too much hate on them. But, you know. Yeah, I, def- I definitely have some stuff to say to that once Isaac finishes up. Uh, I do have a Switch. I have been playing Pokemon Sword. I think it's really fun. Uh, I think I have like 11 hours in the game, though. And I'm already on the sixth gym, which is kind of disappointing. It's very disappointing. There's only six, right? Or are there, there eight? are eight gyms. Okay. Um, I did hear the game was short but the game is definitely short i haven't gotten to post game and i've been avoiding spoilers although i did hear that the end game is we were like whoa it's gonna be like one person out there and as someone who's played the game since pokemon yellow the very first release it's kind of crazy where the Switch game that's $60 has less content than like Pokemon Emerald that was on Game Boy Advance and had like that game had so 30, much content. 40 hours of so much, so much more than that. Yeah, really yeah, before the post game. Yeah. And then the post game is incredible. Like there's so much to do. So so if this game wasn't a Pokemon game, it wouldn't even be a question that I wasn't gonna get it. Um the only reason why I'm getting it is just because for so long for so long and since the switch was announced as a thing i've been looking forward to playing a pokemon game on a console right like i don't want to play on my tiny little sp i want to play on a big tv right like i really want to see that so badly that's really the only reason why i'm getting sword sword and shield i don't expect it to be a good game or anything like that but in what you were saying uh to where game freaks gotten a lot of flack this is total speculation, but Pokemon Go has made up 20% of the Pokemon company's revenue since its inception, right? Wow. That, like, that's, that's a crazy. crazy high number, right? So what it seems to me is that Nintendo is putting a lot of their eggs into mobile, right? Because it's been making them a ton of money. Do you and think if, that that's just because of microtransactions? or Because like, can't you get a lot of microtransactions in Go? Yeah, yeah, partly because of that. And I also think it's because of the reach too. Like what we're talking about, how everybody has a yeah. phone, right? Like I hate to say that term now, but everybody's got a phone. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I hate it, obviously. And I think most of us probably agree on that, seeing that we're all Pokemon fans, because it almost feels like the mainline Pokemon game is dying um, since X and Y, uh, the the sales have been going down, and the first week of sales for Sword and Shield did not look particularly good. Um, yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried about Game Freak because I I love this franchise. I think all you guys love this franchise too. So I'd hate to see it go out like this. Um, there's obviously going to be another Pokemon game after this, but who knows? I don't know how much how many more games they can put out like this before people are just done. Because I don't think this game is anything special. You know, people are already mad about the National Deck. Sorry, Tim, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say that I feel like Game Freak should definitely take a few-year break from, <laughs> you know, releasing a Pokemon game and kind of repolish and kind of re-look at what Pokemon is to people, which is, you know, catching, you know, every single Pokemon known to known to man, basically, and, you know, adding in new stuff. And I feel like Sword and Shield, even though they did add in new Pokemons and kind of new mechanics, I believe so, right? 
I feel like it's kind of like the same game. You know, you know, you just go clear out some gems, beat the elite four, or whatever, and then you're done basically. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I like some variation, but even like I don't like I do like Pokemon games, like Pokemon games. Like I don't mind like that general formula, but it's just like the game looks awful. Like the game could have looked so much better. Like it looks really, really bad. The anime, like everybody's been saying this since the beginning, the animations are lazy. And I think part of it is too, is like I said, how, how so much of their revenue is coming from go. I feel like they're taking resources away from game freak and putting it into other places in the company. And I think that plays into part of why these games have been so lackluster sun and moon and, and sword and shield. Um, yeah, I think we, I think we got to finish up here. I know Tim, you got to get the class at 601 right now. So yeah, we'll finish up for that. Uh, closing remarks. You guys got anything you want to say before we go? I'll let you guys plug yourself. Tim, Timmy, go first. Um, Timothy Tram, Boozy, you know, IGM Boozy. Add me on League. Trying to find new people to play with. Awesome. Struggling out here. So if you're a support main, please hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Stockton Esports. Uh, I love everybody in our community to death. Yeehaw, brother. Also, follow me on Twitter. Uh, SLY underscore GHT. Uh, I post uh, some interesting tech stuff and esports content. How about you, Isaac? Or Isaac, Alex? Uh, not much. Um, just glad to have you two legends on the podcast. Um, Thank you for having me. And uh, Isaac, I, I hope we have you on again before your departure. But otherwise, um, as you guys might not know, Isaac is graduating, which is a very sad time for everyone in the program. But um, we all love him, and I'm sure everyone listening would say the same. So this is Stockton Esports, signing off. Yeehaw, brothers.